This is the Inside Data Center Podcast. We talk to the people who power the data center sector to give you insider info on everything happening in DC today. Here's your host, Andy Davis. Welcome to the Inside Data Center podcast. Today I'm joined by Svante Horn, the CEO of Scandinavian Data Centers. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. Thanks for coming on today, all the way from Stockholm, nice and cold winter's day. This is the first podcast I'm recording in January 2024, so happy new year to everyone listening. Obviously looking forward to digging a bit deeper into Scandinavian data centers. I know you've got quite an interesting story around the organization and what you're trying to do in the industry, so that's going to be uh, you know, really interesting for the listeners, and also find out a bit more about you and, and your career in this sector. Before we start, I just want to give a quick introduction of who you are and what your role is at Scandinavian Data Centers. Absolutely. Um, thank you again, Andy, for having me. Looking forward to my first ever podcast. So this is quite a little milestone for myself. Um, my name is Svante Horn. I'm Swedish. Both My parents are Swedish, but we moved to Memphis when I was seven years old. That's why I have the American twang. Uh, we moved back to I moved back to Sweden for high school and military service, and then bounced a little bit back and forth between college in the states and working in London for, for 12, ten years in banking. Um, so that's uh, briefly who I am. I have three kids, live in Stockholm, um, and I am the co-founder and CEO of Scandinavian Data Centers. Excellent. And, and where I always like to start, you touched on it briefly. There is is how you ended up in this uh, wonderful world of, of data centers. So. Going back a little bit, how did you start your career and you know, how did you make the move into the data center sector? So uh, when I was wrapping up college, someone told me I didn't know what, what I no, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And someone said, if you can get a job in banking, it will open more doors and it closes. So uh, more by luck than design, I ended up at Morgan Stanley uh, working in the MA department in London. Um, and I pretty much hated every minute of it, but I was stuck in banking because of the golden handcuffs for 10 years or even beyond that, 12 years. While in banking, I really enjoyed uh, getting in t- contact with entrepreneurs who had you know, powerful ideas and helped them access capital to help them get going. And a couple of guys approached me who had bought a military bunker uh, outside of a 100,000-person city in Sweden, and they wanted to convert it into a high-security uh, data center. So I helped them access both funding from um, the government, from banks and investors like myself, and I had to jump in as interim CEO the first year until we hired a, a full-time CEO while I kept my banking job, which was quite interesting. Uh, very qu- briefly on uh, Rokan Data Center, as that project and company was called, it was a site development. We took NATO security standards and doubled them, and that uh, was interesting to the buyer who was a U.S. IT company, and that sale took place about three and a half years ago. And from that perspective, obviously, from the banking moving into this industry, how have you found that transition? I, I know that there's obviously a, a, a huge amount of synergy between the investment side and this industry, but how have you found the transition working from, a, I guess, a standard real estate and investment piece into the, the world of data centers? I find the data center industry far more creative and dynamic um, because it is probably one of the most dynamic sectors in the world right now. Um, but there's also, of course, a lot of similarities uh, from in terms of you have to work with spreadsheets. You can't just go with an idea. You have to have a, a strong, solid financial model underpinning it. Yeah. And, there's a, and as we know, there's a lot of capital flowing into this industry at the moment. 
Uh, absolutely. It's a, it's a bit almost eerie how much capital is being deployed into the, the field. Uh, but with that being said, of course, if our entire society is going to be did become digital, then we do need a lot of capacity. Yeah, exactly. And obviously that brings us on to Scandinavian data centers and, and where we are today. So do you just want to give a brief overview of the organization and, and what led to forming SDC? So usually in life, uh, just as in life, uh, I guess career-wise, uh, a lot of things are just luck, fortuitous uh, kind of encounters. Uh, I was in the process of selling a Rokkan data center, and my friend uh, put me in touch with his friend who was in the process of selling the company where he'd been CEO for three and a half years and built it up quite quickly, quite well. So we're both kind of looking for what would be the next step in our in our uh, corporate or, or career. And um, we started discussing Rokkan. We talked about the, the pros and cons and the future of data centers, and we very much landed in the, the idea that we wanted to work with this, but we didn't want to do site developments. We wanted to build something more, and what we focused on was we would want to build a, a more substantial circular data center platform, not just a site development. And that was kind of the, the genesis of our thinking around Scandinavian data centers. So how can we build as circular and green of a data center platform? Well, uh, first thing is, again, more luck than by design. We're based in Sweden, one of the greenest energy centers, energy mixes in the world. So that's a good starting point. But also we wanted to work with existing facilities. It made a lot of sense to us. Instead of taking a, a forest and shoveling it, why not work with existing facilities? So that was uh, another normal progression in our line of progression in our thinking. And then finally, we want to be as efficient as possible with the waste heat. Now, this was five, six years ago before it became a very topical thing to discuss, um, but it just made sense to us. So that was kind of the starting point of Scandinavian data centers. We went about trying to secure or find our first site, and we found um, Volvo's old military factory where Sweden built its jet engines or its fighter engines during World War II. So it's it's quite unique in sense. It's a factory building, but it's built into a mountain to withstand a nuclear blast. And what we didn't fully realize at the time, which had proven to be very important in this first site, is that A, there was already a data center client in there, which is one of the biggest IT companies in the Scandinavia called Atia, which we, we signed an LOE with. I'll come back to them a little bit later. But also the main district heating grid or, or line went right next to the facility, which I'll also come back to is, is very important for the project. So we bought the first site. We realized we needed another partner. Simon is, he was, uh, I always make fun of him as being uh, named the mid-cap CEO of the year. And I said, well, clearly the, the large cap CEO of the year must be much better than you since you're only mid-cap CEO of the year. But he has a very strong organizational tilt. And that's very useful for because I come more from an entrepreneurial perspective. Um, and then we also needed a third partner. So we brought on board a real estate property development company called Mainstay, David Malmström and Yasha Bukholt who have done two large industrial projects in the town we're based in, but also in 15 sites around Sweden. So they have a lot of real estate development experience, which is very helpful for our, our progression. And it's interesting when you look back as well, as you say that those decisions were kind of made five years ago around what you wanted the organization to look like and you know, what, what you were trying to achieve. And you look at it now and the challenge around securing sites, securing land you know, for, for new builds, Obviously, there's supply chain challenges that have hit as a result of all the new build that's going on. And also, like you say, the waste heat, how how much that has become a, a buzz phrase within the industry. It's You were ahead of the game, really, with no one can forecast anything in this industry, I don't think. But you could see what was coming and, and you were looking at it from a slightly different angle to a lot of the other developers in the region. 
Uh, no, absolutely. I mean, for us, that's always been the, the 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 mission of the company is to be as green as possible, and maybe in some ways show the way of what how things can be done. Um, I mean, our, the vision is continuously evolving uh, on the back of more and more interesting people coming into the mix and discussing their ideas with our ideas. Uh, I think the the vision we have right now is we want to help and in the decarbonization of the AI explosion. Uh, it's an ex- incredibly interesting, exciting time uh, in the in the sector, but it's also a time where we don't want to let this opportunity go to waste. Um, so basically, AI, a ninety percent ish of of the workload is training itself where it doesn't need to be close to the user at all. So it really doesn't matter where it is. It could be on the North Pole. And on the back of it, it should be in the most environmentally optimal location possible. At least that's our view. And on the back of that, our thinking has been that Sweden has 200. If we did take Sweden as a proxy for the other Scandinavian countries, our name is Scandinavian Data Centers because we are looking at sites across Scandinavia. But if we look you look at Sweden uh, as an example, there's 290 municipalities, 240 of these have district heating grids. You know, in an ideal world, there would be a custom tailored data center in each one of these helping to heat up the city. And because it makes sense. And we'll get into more of the weeds of that a little bit later in the podcast. So that's that's the vision of our company is basically to try to create the most circular data center platform possible. And, and this is our thinking around how to do it. Yeah, interesting. And obviously, we touched on it briefly earlier as well about the, the, you are ticking a lot of the challenges within the industry as well with what you're what you're trying to achieve around power, land, regulation, which is coming in more and more. And I know the Nordics and Scandinavia is, is, is leading the way with a lot of those decisions as well. Like energy is a massive challenge. You know, where do we get the energy? Not some places it's how do we get it, and in other places it's where's the best place to get it. So, have you looked at that as if we can tick these challenges, you know, we can advance quicker than if we are trying to catch up with some of the others. Are you, are you looking to be ahead of the game with a lot of the uh, developments? So I think the first thing I want to say on that is, is we see power very much as a privilege, not as a right. And on the back of this line of thinking, um, we, we see that if we're in discussions with people who allocate us powers, and at the end of the day, it's the residents of these communities because it's a trade-off. Um, to be clear, we need data centers to have a digital economy, and no one is prepared to turn off Netflix anytime soon. But with that being said, the power is a finite resource, and we need to be very open about that this is a, a game of prioritization. So what, our, our, what we've kind of landed in is we want to approach power as a, with an ecosystem approach. So on the back of that, we started two companies, Scandinavian Data Centers is one, Scandinavian Energy Centers is the other. We want them to work very closely with each other to create the best possible societal outcome per megawatt. So uh, I, I was on a panel uh, about a month ago and I gave a very rough uh, body analogy. And Simon uh, my Angledorf, my business partner, who's also a doctor by training, he really doesn't like this, uh, but I'll go, I'll go ahead anyway. Um, basically, we see the battery because basically we have four business streams in this. One is the, the batteries in terms of the energy company. The other is the data center in terms of the fiber and IT. The third is the district heating with the waste heat business. And the fourth is actually potentially going as far as building small suburbs for close adjacent to the data centers to make them completely circular. Not only is the warm water heated by the data center, but the whole building is heated by the data center, which is quite an exciting topic to explore. Um, so in terms of this body analogy, we, we see the batteries as kind of being the nervous system. 
if there's something wrong uh, with the power grid, uh, both the batteries can respond quickly to help the local grid, but also the regional grid and even the national grid. Um, but then you have the data center, of course, being kind of the uh, extended brain in terms of creating a high-speed fiber connectivity point in the area to the, the greater region, but also further afield. And then finally, the, um, the, the district heating will be the blood the blood circulation, warming up the whole society and the whole city. And then finally, the, the, the ability to use this waste heat also in terms of fish farms and you know um, greenhouses are a way of kind of an inverse stomach, if you will, or helping to feed the stomach. Uh, on, on top of it, we're very focused on trying to create as many jobs per megawatt as possible. So in our first launch city, there's already a greenhouse program only active in the summer, unfortunately, where they hire new new arrivals and people, you know, uh, skilled job skill programs to work there. The idea would be to create year-round jobs as well, on top of the jobs which should be created through the data center activities. Yeah, and that's so, hugely important for communities as well, as I'm sure you know. It's a, Whenever you see challenges in the media at the moment around data centers, it's, oh, they don't create enough jobs. Obviously, indirectly, we know they do, but... If we can get any positive messaging across about that, it's going to be really important for the industry. So, you know, that's definitely a really great initiative that you're that you're running there. Thank you. Uh, no, I mean, again, it just it, it makes sense. Uh, it's a bit of heavy. It's heavier lifting, to be sure. It's not a, a, a business model that you can just roll out, but. Again, it's it's something that needs to be done before you could kind of point your hand and say, I want to put my data center there and I want 100 megawatts and it, it would kind of magically happen. Now, I think people need to become much more granular in their approach and look at less uh, less cookie cutter solutions and more bespoke solutions. Definitely. And are you finding that customers are more interested now in that aspect of, of what we're doing, not just I need X megawatts, I want them, I don't really mind anything else it's the customers are now actually interested in the impact that these facilities are having whether it's in the community whether it's where they're getting their power from how sustainable they are it's now a you know a customer-led approach not just people like yourself initiating it it actually benefits you from a business perspective as well you know, one hundred percent. I think it's all happening at the same time. I mean, it's 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 regulation, it's the end clients, it's the people working at the companies, it's the companies wanting to have the right brand to, to attract the right talent. And so, uh, it's I think it's happening a lot faster than people think, but not perhaps not fast enough. Uh, but I mean, again, CSRD, uh, the the framework. There are very few data centers, uh, to my knowledge. Uh, putting out actual hard numbers on their carbon footprint in the same way as there are very few companies who are putting it on the on the tin. And uh, I think the regulation will be driving this that everyone will need to have kind of an explanation of what their scope one, two, and three emissions are. Uh, and again, that will put positive pressure because if I'm looking to decide where to put my IT load, it's it's hard to compare an apple to orange or an apple to apple if I don't know what the numbers are. Definitely. And, you, and is that how you see yourself differentiating yourself from the competition? Obviously, what we have seen over the last 12 to 24 months is a number of new operators, new developers coming into the market, but also the existing ones kind of changing their focus a little bit to try and attract this new customer that suddenly entered the market. Is it is that really your differentiator? Is it positioning yourself in that way? I think our differentiator is the people we're working with. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, that's kind of how most companies differentiate themselves, isn't it? Um, no, but I mean, we've had this core green message and we've attracted better and better um, stakeholders into our organization. Uh, one is Morgan Ledner. He was 
responsible for the operations and build out and operations of Volvo IT's 40 data centers globally. But uh, another great uh, addition has been Eddie Kilban, who's been a data center into Rakesh Baltar. He said, you know, he asked me to say hi. Um, and Gary Lavelle, uh, who has been responsible for the budget of Meta's um, placement in Odense, Denmark, as well as Microsoft's placement in Jävle in Sweden. So, I mean, it, but the key the key person we found along the way is a, a woman named Ulrika Yardfeld. She was uh, on the management team of Vattenfall, the Swedish state utility. She was uh, running their district heating operations in Europe, and she's probably one of the most knowledgeable people that I've come across in terms of data center to district heating grid connection projects. And she, her and her team have come to us with a frame or analytical framework where we can have a very productive conversation with the city and their heating company in terms of what can and cannot be done. So the first key insight that she came with was, look, we need to look at the district heating grid and its capabilities and capacity and use that as a starting point in terms of how much waste heat they can receive. And then we need to start thinking about how to design the data center and not the other way around. And a, a key, key development was that they actually did their homework themselves and realized that if we come up to 25 megawatts in this 100,000 person city, we can become the base load of the city, which means that the year round hot showers are generated by us, which is amazing, uh, as opposed to having a big furnace in the middle of town being heated by biofuels. Um, so it becomes a, a fantastic win-win-win, a win for us because we have cheaper heating costs, which can, we can you know, pass on to a client and is, again, a differentiator. Uh, they can have uh, cheaper inputs, but also they don't need the peak capacity logisticals, uh, logistics in place. So they, don't need, they can decarbonize their grid and they can save a ton of money on these key uh, peak uh, infrastructure capacity loads which we can replace and that saves them money in, in turn. And then finally, it would hopefully trans translate into savings for the residents because in Sweden, the highest level of inflation has been the heating bills the last 20, 24 months on the back of the Ukraine war. Um, and then finally, society at large makes a huge benefit because there's a lot of carbon dioxide that's being removed because we're using 100% renewables in the data center. It becomes kind of a huge um, heat pump for the whole city on top yeah. of the digital node. Exactly, and what a great message to get out there as well to to those people that don't understand the the benefits of of data centers as well. You've got the what we do, but you've also got the impact we can have, which is a story a lot of the time that that goes missing when organisations are trying to get their message out to to the masses. And obviously, that paints a picture of the journey. But you know what what's next? I guess you know the organization's in a great place. You've got I know you've got a lot going on. But you know, what what's next for you guys? What what can we look forward to seeing in twenty twenty four? Well, I mean, we are in conversations with um, a number of city partners, which is very exciting. So we're hopefully going to be able to unveil quite a, a a big megawatt pipeline of sites uh, that we can we can roll out. We're having very productive conversations with investors that share our very circular values who are very large and reputable. And uh, more and more client conversations on top of it, I should mention our, our IT partner, Atia. They're, they're one of the largest IT companies in the Nordics. They also have an ambition of being the greenest IT company in the world, which very much coincides with what we're trying to do. And uh, they want to be uh, our expanding anchor tenant, but also our strategic partner, both on the sales and operational side which is, uh, of course, a huge boon in terms of helping us in our development. Yeah, excellent. And obviously looking forward to hearing more and we can we can do this again later in the year to see see where we're up to at that point. But I know you've got, got a lot coming on. 
Before we close up, just a few questions around the industry, really. As I say, first recording, it's the 10th of January, 2024. As we record this, it seems crazy that we're in 2024 and we're already 10 days in, but but that's where we are. Industry's looking busy this year, I guess would be my short analogy of where we're at right now. What do you think are going to be the main challenges we face as we head through this year? I mean, we can talk about the obvious ones which come up again and again and again on podcasts and data center conferences and everything else. But I'd like to focus on something else. Um, I was part of the formation of an organization called uh, Anthropocene Fixed Income Institute. It basically is a nonprofit geared at trying to influence the fixed income market to use its power and its reach to um, accelerate the green transition. And when we were working there, we were trying to think about how can we allocate our resources in the best possible way. And it was targeting fossil logistical infrastructure projects and try to raise their borrowing costs. That's how we can make the biggest difference. And Ulf Adelson, the founder, has been very successful at that. And for me, that's kind of what the data center industry should be focusing on. We're going to have this huge ramp up of infrastructure in the coming 36x number of months. And let's try to focus all of us on trying to make it as circular as possible so we don't just chase short-term profits, but look at more long-term planetary you know, aspects in terms of if we have two projects, two sites, which one could maybe not right here right now become circular, but would have the the, the characteristics to make it a circular site as opposed to something that's a bit faster and a bit cheaper just so we can get a bigger megawatt number on our quarterly report. Definitely. And do you think from that perspective, obviously collaboration is really important, isn't it? You, you kind of the industry needs to work together to try and solve challenges such as that. 100%. And I mean, it's, it's in all our interest. If we're, if you're, if you're, if you're lucky enough to be in the sector, which is, again, one of the most dynamic, exciting and, and lucrative sectors to be in on the planet, hopefully there will be a sense of responsibility in terms of doing the right thing as well. Definitely. And I think it is becoming more frequent now where people do have that sense of responsibility. It comes up more in conversations and whether that's driven by the customer, we, we can talk about that all day. But it's definitely there's an awareness piece on it. And, and like you said, you know, working together is the only way we can solve that challenges. Couple more questions. If you could ask everyone in the data center sector to start or stop doing one thing, what would it be? Um, it's. Uh, <laughs> I think that uh, again, I just ask everyone to from the, where they're doing in the big machine. Uh, what am I doing, and what could I potentially be doing that is a bit better for the long term benefit of my grandkids? I'm, I'm pretty hardcore about this. I, I, my friend has a very nice uh, poster of an Indian chief quote uh, when he sold his land to the US government. And he said, you know, this land, is it really yours? It's it's everyone's. And, you know, you're giving me some money, but we're all here on it at the same time. And I think that's that's for me. That's my message. Good message. A great message. And we'll leave, we'll leave that one there because we could go quite deep on that one. Final question. If you could give one piece of advice to anyone looking to work in the sector, what would it be? Uh, to be curious and and uh, collaborative, like you mentioned, um, and just try to get in any position you can, because this is probably one of the most exciting and best places to work on the planet, in my opinion. I agree. And I think being curious, it comes up a lot. I, I, a massive undervalued skill, I think. Curiosity killed the cat, but also curiosity can lead you in so many different directions. It's something that I've had to learn over the years. I think you do as you're in business, you, you become more curious because you want to improve. So if you can get that early in your career, I, I totally agree that you'll, you know, you'll do very well. Thanks for coming on today. Really enjoyed that conversation. I know we've uh, 
been trying to do it for a while so it's great to finally get it get it recorded and, and get your message out there because i think what you're doing is, is amazing you're doing some great things and it's uh, you know it's a pleasure to share your story how can anyone get hold of you if they want to learn more either about yourself or, or what scandinavian data centers are up to um uh, we have linkedin or we're putting continuously updates on on our progression um as well as uh, i guess i am on linkedin so you can find me that way um i think that's a good start use linkedin yeah, exactly. And if anyone can't find you, please reach out to me and I'll uh, I'll put you in contact. But thanks for your time. Enjoy the rest of your day over in Stockholm and we'll obviously catch up again soon. Sounds great. Take care.